All right, testing one, two, three. We're here at Mr. Eric Carter's house, and it's time for a podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, Dale. Thanks for uh, making the trek up to Marietta and uh, working through my schedule. It's uh, it's good to be back on the podcast. No problem. Thanks. Yeah, I put my uh, knowing I was coming up to uh, the nine five one and put my uh, hat on sideways. Back. <laughs> the the bill is flat. <laughs> right. Is, is that that's kind of gone a bit now, isn't it? It is a little bit. Yeah, it's yeah. gone. I don't know what the new trend is. I've I've grown passive trends in my, my I'm old the same. Age. I still don't know if my, my when people look at my pants, I don't know if they're laughing at me or they're <laughs> right. too too tight, too not baggy enough. I just don't know anymore. Exactly, man. All right, me and you have been talking a little bit. I saw you at the state race, um, Paris, couple uh, well, probably a couple months ago now. First of all, your boys are all uh, tell us a little about your boys racing and stuff. They're all into it, aren't they? They are. They uh, Ethan and Cole. I uh, have a fifteen year old and a twelve year old, and they. Um, they love bicycles. Uh, they love mountain bikes. They love BMX. Um, my youngest son Cole has actually started collecting stingrays, so he re- oh, wow. yeah he researches them up on on uh, Craigslist and uh, eBay and all that stuff and contacts the the sellers and I so think he's like flipping them. He's he's just collecting them. Oh wow! Yeah, he's he's gonna he's starting to collect them. So uh, um, so they just they're uh, they love bikes all in general. Um, you know when it comes to the BMX side of stuff. Uh, they're just intermediates. They're not um, high-level national expert riders. Uh, and I don't really think they are even aspiring to be that way. They just like going to the track and riding with their friends and getting a little bit of training. I think my oldest son, Ethan, is a little bit more focused on maybe trying to be some type of a pro rider, but I think that's in the mountain bike side. And mm-hmm. uh, I think he sees BMX as a good training tool and a good time and kind of that's as far as he really wants to commit to which uh given the state of the the things and how the how the bmx world is right now i'm okay with that yeah definitely i'm I'm, uh it should always be about fun Mm -hmm. and so for him that's how he defines what how bmx is fun to him so when you know every once in a while they'll get on a a whim where they'll we'll go to the track for like a month straight and then we just won't go to the track for like two months. Mm-hmm. And, and they ride flats when they do ride BMX, don't they? My oldest boy now runs clips. My youngest one still rides flats, even though he's in intermediate class. He just he doesn't really. Well, yeah. he he took a, in the last month he shinned himself twice. Oh. And we had to butterfly him twice. Oh. And I think now he's thinking about riding clips sometimes so that he doesn't get shins. But I just tell him you can put pads on instead. Yeah, I saw him one of the debates <laughs> on. Uh... <laughs> Facebook, you know, just one of the, the old, you know, the clap, the, the clap, the clip, flat pedal, you know, they're all, uh, those debates are coming back in now that the rules are changing a little bit. And yeah. somebody kept saying about, well, if you clip 10, you don't clip your pedals and that, but like, what, knee cups, that's what, right. you know, right. I always, I always wore, I, I got it from Thunder Dan when I started racing in America. He's like, dude, you need, you need knee cups, yeah. you know, and yeah. they, they saved me a lot. Those hard know? plastic ones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they did. They, I, I ran the same, I ran the same deal. Even when I went jumping, man, even when I went out to mm-hmm. like sheep or any of those other places, man, I would literally just ride on the outside of my shorts. Yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. care. Just Velcro right on. Right. Yeah. But, um, it was a different time. Um, I hope he stays on the flats a little bit longer and cause he's not really concerned about his race result. He's more concerned about just riding and having fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think flats are more fun sometimes for, for people. And, um, I wish, you know, I do, I'm not going to dive super deep into that clip flat debate, but, uh, yeah, it would be really cool to see. Uh, I would love to see a couple of nationals that are just based on a flat 
deal. Like, yeah. they, maybe they had a flat series where there was, you know, six races out of the year where they just ran flats. Less people would race them, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the kids now have been, you know, they started on clips versus where when we were older, we switched to them after a long career of flats. Mm-hmm. But uh, I also think you can make tracks a lot different. Um, and I think they could be uh, a little bit more raw and a little bit rougher. And uh, I think I think it could be fun. I don't know if it would be a good money-making thing for USA BMX, but uh, I think it would be a fun experience. Even when everybody, when we all clipped in, and I know you did a little bit before, but when, when the majority of and you was more in mountain biking than anyway, and I think I've used that reference a few times, you know, like yeah. when, when, you know, we have more, you know, you, um, Lopes and, and King and that, you guys did clip in. A lot for everybody, but you're only doing two or three races a year anyway, so it wasn't really it didn't really affect us for right. another two or three years to where you know a few other guys, right? Uh, Boots and them guys kind of made us like, okay, we had to do it. We knew you guys came in, and you came in and, and all did good, right? Um, but it wasn't enough to, to sway at the time because we only saw you two, three right. times a year, you know, yeah, for sure. Mm. Yeah, it's um, you know, <clears throat> looking back now. You know, I know uh, Mikey and Brian, and I was one of the ones that, that did it originally as well. I'm okay that my name doesn't get tagged in with those guys all the time. <laughs> yeah, you, you do, you don't, do you? Yeah. No, not really. I mean, yeah. yeah, it's always King and Lopes. It's always King and Lopes. That's okay, man. Yeah. So I'll just stay back here in the shadows. Uh, <laughs> Waiting to make a move. <laughs> right. But, uh, no, um, you know, uh, looking back on it in hindsight, we didn't, we didn't, well, I can't speak for those guys. I didn't think that it would create this whole movement, this whole transformation uh, into um, what it has become. Um, look, I, I, th- I, think, um, I think clip riding, I think you can ride clips. Uh, I know that I could ride clip pedals in BMX and I could get bumped and I could clip out and I could clip bang super fast. Mm-hmm. But I think that's because of my mountain bike experience on clips mm-hmm. and riding downhill and having to clip out and, and, and be dynamic with the pedals where, um, and you was even doing it in four cross, uh-huh. uh, you know, you was clipping it. I mean, I've got videos Absolutely. of you guys in, in big races. Correct. You know? So we're the, the guys that rode mountain bikes on clips are really, really proficient mm. in clipping in and clipping out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but the tracks nowadays, there's no reason to do it. Mm. You know, uh, really like some riders, you know, like, a. uh, you know, a rider like, let's say, like Ronnie Kim. Mm-hmm. You know, that kid wins every race from the, from the start. He hole shots and wins every time. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy like Ronnie Kim could ride without brakes. Mm. He literally could race yeah. without brakes. Because he doesn't have to use them. Right, ever. yeah, yeah. Never in traffic. Yeah. He's never in traffic. Right. You know, same as, as Richie's daughter, Danica. She mm-hmm. could race without brakes. Mm-hmm. I think that's horrible. Mm. I think... I think there should be some obstacle right. on the course that even the guy who's out front has to slow down and decelerate and then re-accelerate to give a rider that may be able to ride a little bit faster and break a little bit later a chance to catch up. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, But, uh, yeah, I watched the Grands. I thought the, I thought the racing at Grands was pretty pretty dynamic, man. I thought it was really exciting and there was a lot of passing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh I I enjoyed it. I watched it with my boys. We watched it, we watched a lot of racing in the grounds. Did you watch the pro stuff? Uh, I did. I watched the pro stuff. I watched, um, you know, I watched it all, and it, and it was uh, I thought it was really good racing, but I still I still wish there was a different 
Uh, I wish there was, you know, like uh, at Grands, the, I was, who was I talking with the other day? We were talking about flat turns. I wouldn't want to see a flat turn where you come to a complete dead stop like in the mid-80s that we had. Right. Uh, but I would like to see turns like the turn that Foster blew the title in. Right, yes, yes, yeah. Right? You, mm. you, that was a really hard turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you carried so much speed into it, and if you, if you blocked the inside, you drifted out. There was mm-hmm. no way to hold that line. You would, it would, you would gradually drift out, and it was just the natural line you would take. Mm-hmm. And a rider that was... Uh, more proficient or smart could set up and could push the rider in front to have to take the inside to block the line, then set up outside and dive under. Yeah, yeah. And it would create a different dynamic where people are slowing down and reaccelerating and bunching up. Uh, so I would love to see something like that. But, yes. But I can't say that the racing sucked. You know, I know a lot of guys are just they draw that super gnarly hard black and white line where they say, you know, BMX now sucks, track suck, racing sucks. I thought the Grands racing was pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. I, um, you know, I think Joris whooped those dudes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He really did. <laughs> He's on another level. His foot speed mm-hmm. to the first jump is incredible. But uh, um, I thought the amateur racing, the older amateur racing was crazy. Uh, it just seemed like those older amateurs wanted to give the title to Ronnie, man. Right. Yeah, <laughs> None yeah, of those yeah, guys yeah, wanted yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. They were, um, last May when it was like 70, 24. <laughs> yeah, man. Those guys were just. Uh, right. You know, it was it was, it was exciting, though. Um but yeah, it, I would love to see some type of uh, at least try something different. You right. know, I know I've said that numerous right. times, but let's switch a few different tracks up. You know, and they're about to put out the. I'm sure they'll put out in the next um, during this year the Olympic track for uh, 2020, and you just kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be interesting to see if they change. I really hope. I know it's a different builder this time. One of the French guys is doing it. Right. And uh, Thomas Hamon, I heard, was doing it. And, um, yeah, I just hope it gets switched up a little bit, you know, just the, the layout at least, you know? Right. Well, that's, that would be the, that's the thing, despite the, the racing being good at Grands, um, or I, I should say, I thought the racing was a good at Grands, man, I would love to see, here's the, here's the thing that really made me realize how cookie cutter the racing track, the tracks have become, uh, I'm friends with uh, with Carter Montalano's dad, Ruben, local track guy, and um, I was asking Ruben about when they're going to Grands. Dude, they had Thanksgiving at home. Oh, they just yeah. They, he he skipped the practice. He skipped practice. Right. And he said, Ah, we're, if we get there in time, we do. If we don't, we don't. Right. Dude, that kid ended up winning everything the whole weekend. Yeah, yeah. He, he won opening class at Grands. I think he won the Rock. Mm-hmm. He didn't practice. Yeah. What does that tell you? Yes. It tells you that you don't need to go to the track and get the practice because mm-hmm. it's the same one that's at your local track. That's I don't like. I know some people like that the gate. Uh, you know, I saw there was some complaining on online about the gate. People were spinning in the gate because the gate was different. Right. Yeah. 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 That's think, one one mentality that I don't get today when they're like, "Wow, oh, the pro gate's different to the the Euro gate or the other one." You know, the the. Um, Anyway, and it's like two it. different systems. Like we had to deal with different circumstances every single track, every weekend. It was uh, adapting to whatever was there, a slow gate, a fast lane. Yep. And that's one thing I will say about being, you know, about being a crusty old school guy, you know, uh, that we were, every, everybody was yes. good at adapting, you know. Right. And I think, I, th- I, I think that is a really good dynamic. Mm. And I think, I think that um, if the gate is different, I think you should have to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. That shows that you're a better writer, a more skilled writer. Yeah. I think they should 
make jumps different than they used to uh, or than they do now. Because like you said, it literally it literally is like a mold that they just come in mm-hmm. and they put a bunch of dirt and they press this cookie cutter down yeah. and there's the rhythm yep. and there's that first, you know, that roller step up deal. It's, it's all, it all looks the same. Yes. I would love for them to get creative, man. Just like, it's not that hard. Think outside of the box a little bit and just mm-hmm. create some, some new obstacles, some new dynamic yeah. obstacles. I know I got, I, in the, in the nineties, Phoenix, you did, I remember. I, I went yeah, I did yeah. a couple of tracks. Yeah. I, I did Burbank, too, and I remember complaining about tracks, and they were like... Come and do it. Come and do it. I was like, perfect. Yeah, you really did, didn't and you? I, yeah, yeah, and yeah. we created options and on-off things mm. and all kinds of stuff, man, and it, and it was well-received. Yeah. Um, you know, I would love... I think it would be cool to see, you know, maybe if they were able to, to have uh, a top pro and a top amateur, you know, advise, mm-hmm. you know put into a pool of like, okay, you know, are you guys interested in helping giving design features and, and, or design input to, you know, a given track here and a given track there, and then just pull names out of a hat. Like, okay, dude, you get, um, I don't know. Um, you get Utah, you get uh, right. Texas. I don't even know where the schedules go, but my point is it would be cool if they had input. They might already have, but I don't know, but so that they, those guys could come in and make something different. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I would love to see something different, and I think it would be more exciting for the riders. Mm. I remember the day that they opened the arena to go walk the track was one of the most exciting days yeah, ever. Because yeah, you yeah. never knew what you were going right. to see. Right, yeah. So I go to the races now, and obviously I'm not racing, but sometimes I will, I'll be at the track two days if I'm setting up and stuff, and I won't even look at the track. I'll say this last year. Why would you? You know, you just know what it's going to be. You Why know? would you? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> even when they put it layout before the grounds. I mean, oh, you don't race, so you're not quite right. as into it, but... Right. Uh, when they put the layout and stuff, you know, like, hey, tomorrow we're going to post pictures of the track. And like, yeah. I don't even look, yeah. you know. So. Why would you? Um, let's talk. Um, there's something I wanted to talk about before we go. I guess we can, we'll float all over the place. Mountain biking, how's, how's, that, how's that doing as a whole? And um, obviously with um, Hyper and everything. Yeah. Um, mountain bike's cool, man. Um, you know, I'm still passionate about BMX stuff, I view it from the outside. BMX will always have a place in my heart, mm. but um, mountain bike is what, you know, everybody knows mountain bike's really my focus now. Mm. I transferred over and uh, with Hyper, it's uh, it's good, man. It's good. Clay's, uh, he's a super loyal guy. Um, you know, we've been trying to, not trying, we've been developing these bikes for a number of years right now, and we, we haven't produced any right now. We will be producing bikes finally. Um, but, uh, it's fun, man. It's a fun, it's fun working for hyper. Like I said, Clay's a really a loyal, a super loyal guy. And, um, you know, he brought me in originally to create this program, you know, was more of a marketing component than anything. And, um, I pitched him on the idea that even though it can be a marketing component, that it can also be a profit center. And, um, but it's not, you know, our high end mountain bike frame, development stuff isn't isn't our top priority obviously we're a walmart brand walmart exclusive with a whole bunch of um you know affordable pricing to get people into bicycles you know we had that 99 dollars bmx bike thing that we were doing with usa bmx with a membership thing and a trial membership so clay's clay's focus with hyper is to get more people access to bicycles you know with mm-hmm. with our walmart line we know we're not we're not trying to be you know, the, the big companies with the super high end bikes. We're just, we're, we're trying to appeal to kids that 
are interested in bicycles or people that are interested in bicycles and maybe don't want to spend thousands of dollars on their first bike. Mm-hmm. And um, I can relate to that, man. I grew up in a poor household. My first bike was a Huffy. And uh, I was telling Hollywood the other day, man, I, we were so poor. I, I, I wrecked on that thing and I broke the head tube off. And we were so poor, my dad welded the head tube back on <laughs> of my Huffy Toys R Us bike. That's oh how, my gosh. <laughs> that's how poor we were. Right. So, um, yeah, you know, uh, but I am excited with, with Hyper. We have a new, we're doing a high school bike. I'm, you know, I've been working for years on these suspension bikes and it's constant, constantly revising and tooling all these things, but we're actually doing a really cool bike that I'm as probably more excited about, which is a high school, the high school mountain bike league is a huge thing. It's, I didn't realize that. I was thinking I was talking to Rich Houseman a little bit. It is huge, isn't it? Just yeah. here in Temecula alone, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, it's all the high schools have mm-hmm. have teams. I was talking to a dad. My son, Ethan, is going to be on the high school, uh, his high school team this year. It'll be his first year as a freshman. And uh, he was saying that last year, I think they had like 1,600 entries to the first race of the season. And he said he wouldn't be surprised if there was 3,000 this year. Wow. 3,000 high school kids. And it's all cross country, right? Yeah, it's cross country. Mm-hmm. 3,000. That's, that's like, yeah, yeah. That's, um, you're getting into the realm now where you're competing with like, the Norba days mm-hmm. when Norba Nationals were really big, mm-hmm. but Norba Nationals had like three or four disciplines. Right. This is just cross country wow. kids, just high school. Yeah, yeah. So it's just it, the the growth rate is just it's just phenomenal. And it's obviously helping the the industry in that side, right? Correct. It's yeah. helping the industry. Obviously, you're exposing new people to cycling to mountain bikes, which is something I think Donnie Robinson is trying to do with his program. Same type of deal, but. Um, this is just uh, it's it's a it's a great opportunity for us as a brand to to take um, what we have access to, which is um, really good pricing for bikes, and create um, a really good offering. You know, some of these some of these bike companies uh, they do have really good programs. I, you know, Haro I think has a lease program and and specialized Cannondale. They all have uh, really good pricing. Uh, available on uh, select few bikes through dealers. Um, we're going to be able to put together uh, a carbon fiber hardtail race bike with pretty good spec. Um, it's going to have box componentry on it, some Sun Tour stuff on it. Obviously, our Snafu line. Um, you know, really, really good componentry, and uh, that's going to be a twelve ninety nine to the retail to the general consumer and nine ninety nine to the high school kid. Wow! So it's just it's a it's a price point. That just blows everybody else out of the water. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we're not going to make a ton of money on it, but um, it's a really, you know, it's been a, a project I've been trying to get off the ground for like two or three years. Uh, luckily, you know, with with Hollywood coming over, with Mike Miranda coming over to Hyper, he's really pushed that and, and been able to give that that final push that we we need. Um, and Mike, Mike came from GT, right? He was yeah, there for he a long time. He was at Cannondale, yeah. so CSG, yeah. Mm. So he had experience in that and he explained to Clay how important this project was. So I got the green light on it. But, um, you know, it's it's a really good thing, right? Like, we're not specking it with the highest level of products from these given companies. We're actually specking it with a little bit lower level and we're partnering with those companies to give um, the opportunity for... Uh, if if a consumer, if a kid from high school buys it and then likes it, and he wants to upgrade his bike, he has he has a really nice carbon fiber uh, hardtail frame mm-hmm. to to upgrade, mm. and he can go to these companies that we're partnering with, and they can give him a, they'll give him a discount 
on the upgrade parts. So it's a really, really cool program and it's, it's geared towards the, the biggest problem with high school right now is you have some parents that have kids and they're buying like $7,000 hardtails. Wow. You know, they're like super high and pro level race bikes. And then you have other kids that see that there's a high school mountain bike team and they go in their dad's garage and they pull out his, you know, 96 GT Zaskar. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Good bike. That with, <laughs> you know, like nine speed on it. Right. And he goes to, you know, and he goes, he goes to pump the tires up. Right. And then he, he, they don't work. So he takes it to the shop and they say, well, you know, you need a new drivetrain and this is that. But the, you know, industry standards, are, there's not even parts for it. Mm. So now this kid who wants, who wants to race mountain bike. Yes. He doesn't have an affordable bike that he can get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and be competitive with the $7,000 bike. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that was our goal was how do we build a bridge yes. for these kids? Yeah, that makes sense. How do we build this bridge so that these kids feel good, they have something that they can be competitive on, they can toe the line and know like, yeah, his bike may be a little bit better, but I'm pretty close. Yeah, yeah. And they don't have, and it doesn't crush their, their parents' mortgage. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's the goal. Um, and I'm super excited about it because we're like, 95% of the way there on that bike. You know, my son's riding one now. He's testing it. Um, That's um, so rad that you can include the kids on that stuff, you know, like testing and stuff. Right, and yeah. Being part of it, you know? That's, yeah, he's... I my, see you guys on the videos. I mean, you ride with your kids all the time. Yeah, you? absolutely. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's Hyper, man. It's a, it's cool. We're growing. Um, you know, we've, we're growing. We're doing a ton of business in, in Walmart in Canada. We're doing stuff over in Europe now. Um, and it's just, uh, it's just a growing business, man. It's a, it's a, it's an amazing story that Clay has, you know, I lived in his parents' basement with him in New Jersey and, uh, Brian Foster in the nineties, early nineties. And I rode for him and man, I answered phones and stickered frames and boxed frames and did shipping and stuff from his parents' basement. And you guys still battled for the win in double A at the weekend. <laughs> yeah. And we, yeah. 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 So we were pro guys, you know, literally running the phones and then riding in Clay's backyard wow. at night and, and, um, you know, going out to races and, and, uh, and Clay has taken this thing and just, uh-huh. you know, he's just rich longed it, man. And just willed it to this really, really big company. And that's just a part of it. You know, we have electric ride on toys and licensing with Disney and nitro circus. We have all kinds of stuff. Clay has his fingers in all kinds of avenues and business. So it's a, uh, it's exciting to, to, uh, to be a part of a company that's, that's, accelerating and growing the way it is oh, that's cool now who are you uh sponsoring currently that maybe as we're moving into uh 2019 unless you're probably in the midst of yeah well re-signing right. riders and stuff in bmx and man but i don't know what is going on with bmx that's judd's deal so judd kind of runs a bmx program and you know judd has kind of pulled back from bmx a little bit so well actually a lot judd doesn't really do bmx stuff anymore um and so i don't know i think uh luke rorty I think him and his dad were doing something for mm-hmm. Hyper, um, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know much about the BMX side of Hyper. Uh, Ryder Lawrence rides our frames on a little frame deal that we've we've given him. That that's kind of because I'm friends with Randy, right? Yes. And uh, I have aspirations for rant, for Ryder being a mountain bike rider for our program. Well, he's good at everything. Isn't he's, he? yeah, yeah. he's a fantastic little yeah. rider, and so I, I you know I've told Randy all along like. Keep racing BMX. It's fun. He's going to learn skills. Yeah. But if you if you are actually looking for a career, yes, you're going to want to take the off ramp. So um, so that's kind of the deal for that. I, but I don't know on the BMX side for mountain bikes. You know, we have Jordy Scott rides for us. She's mm. a you know everybody in BMX knows who she is. Uh, Long time. 
BMX racer, and she's really, really re-motivated to, to ride mountain bikes. She loves her mountain bike, and so she's she's really pushing forward in that. Um, mm -hmm. Bubba Gonzalez as well, you know, he he's pulled back from BMX a little bit, and he's he's riding mountain bikes for us a little bit. You know, Bubba's also got a, a, a job with his dad and, you know, a longtime girlfriend, so he's kind of growing up a little bit. And, yeah. And maybe accepting that uh, BMX isn't going to be a career for him, I don't know. Um, but He's still young enough where he can come back in a couple of years and be hard if he wants to, can't he? I have a ton of faith in the kid. Yeah, His yeah, skill talented, set, yeah. oh man, he's a, he is an a extremely talented rider. And when he gets his mind to it and he's driven, he's pretty damn lethal, man. Mm -hmm. And so I've actually been pushing him to be a pump track specialist for us for the crankwork stuff. Yeah, and that's something I want to talk to you, to, talk to you a little bit as yeah. well, um, uh, that I, kind of stuff, you know? I think, I think he could fit a really really good spot for us as a pump trap guy at those crankworks events because uh, you know the people are riders caroline buchanan's a, a perfect example you know she's getting better on her mountain bike stuff now and her skill sets mm -hmm. but she essentially launched her mountain bike career because of pump track mm -hmm. she's one of the biggest athletes in the crankworks events i mean she's super marketable yeah yeah, and yeah she's yeah. done a fantastic job on social media yeah but yeah the reality is she just came through the, the pump track channel, similar to mm. the way myself, Mikey, and Brian Lopes came in, mm. just as slalom racers yeah. into the mountain bike world, and then we blew up. Yeah. And uh, so I think there's a I think there's a channel that can happen, and for us, I would love to see Bubba. He's been with us for a lot of years, so I'd love to support him. Obviously, we have Boss Van Steenbergen. Uh, he's a free ride guy, right? Yeah, he's a he's a he's a really stylish writer he's a video guy but he's also a very competitive guy at the crankworks events and stuff he doesn't have a deep bag of tricks like his brother with all kinds of crazy flips and stuff but he's a he's a really dynamic writer and he, he fits us really good man he's a super super humble guy and uh comes across really good on the video stuff and that's mm -hmm. really important for us the video stuff is super important for us and for walmart so he fits us really good um and then we have um we're still talking with um you know, Kevin Aiello was riding for us, so we're we're trying to figure out budgets for Kevin and and. Uh, I kept, did Kevin get hurt a while ago? Yeah, he's been busted up a couple times, man. So, you know, I don't know where I don't know what what I don't know where stuff where that's going to be figuring out the budgets and the riders on that stuff. Um, but right now we have Boss Jordy and Bubba are for sure's. Mm -hmm. uh, we're still working with another local kid, Stephen Walton, uh, who's a downhill junior kid that was an up and coming guy. Super talented kid, but just hasn't really gotten a ton of support. So we're trying to support him a little bit and kind of get him to what we think he's capable of. And then, uh, so that's that's pretty much our program right now. You know, we don't, right now, because we're not selling a lot of bikes, we don't, I don't, you know, I can't go to Clay and ask for millions of dollars to go race World Cups and stuff because it just doesn't make financial sense. Right, I understand. So I don't, I don't need to have a World Cup race program to f hit the goals that Clay has for the mountain bike program, which is exposure, so that the Walmart guys are stoked on mm -hmm. our brand, having real riders getting media exposure. Yeah, that's kind yeah. of the focus. It's not really result based; it's more media based. Right. It seems like that's the way it's going in a lot of yeah. sports now, isn't it? Yeah. What do you think with the um, you know you, we all you know we, we, you was on the thread last night the the industry page Facebook page group we're all on you know was just talking about it was announced yesterday that inner bikes done. Uh, so I was all kind of talking about that yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, the current state of, let's just say, BMX racing right now. Um, 
do you think pump track if some you know we've watched the Red Bull World Championship for you know pump track do you think a series like that coming into the US or would there be room for that something that you always did little cool stuff like that you know I love events and that yeah I Is love unique I love unique events I yeah. think I think pump track um, pump track has the ability to be um, it ticks all the boxes for a, for a TV show. Mm-hmm. It ticks all the boxes or for you know a live show, whatever you want to call it on online, a uh, streaming show. Um, it's portable. Yeah. Right? So you can do it in any city center, mm-hmm. which instantly gets the attention of any of the big companies. Yeah. Because now you're able to you're able to take your product and put it in different city centers that get more so, eyeballs so, on it. Yeah, you get more eyeballs on it. So um, the hard the hard part about pump track is you're never going to you're never going to put the um that's not the hard part but it's it's a dynamic that would have to be looked at which is you're never going to have a 2000 entry pump track event it's just uh logistically it's not possible mm-hmm. you can't run one person at a time right yeah, with 2000 yeah. people so right. um what you end up having is an invite only pro level event. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, I think there's some, uh, I think it can be another segment of the BMX world. Mm-hmm. And if there's regional pump track events, then that's a different deal. You know, maybe, you know, you could dude. if I was, if I was a local track, mm-hmm. I would have a pump track yeah. on the side yep. and I'd have a pump track event. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, no, and it would be a $10 sense. entry. Right. <laughs> and, and that would be a thing that mm-hmm. I offer, mm-hmm. despite USA BMX. Well, even down at Chula Vista, you know, Tyler Brown, they have a, they've got two pump tracks actually down at Chula Vista now. But if uh, they've changed the practice now, but normally during the summer on a Saturday, you've got pump track is open alongside the track. So I would actually go and do, mm-hmm. you know, 30, 45 minutes on the pump track and then go do another 30, 30 minutes at the track, right. uh, just messing around. And it's a good little session, you know, instead of, would I drive all the way down there just to do some gates and ride? Right. Probably not. Right. Well, now there's a pump track. It motivates me to go, and now I'm getting, and I'm getting to the point now where my daughter's, you know, it's slowly easing into a bit of riding. So it right. really makes sense if there's yeah. pump track involved as well, you know. Yeah, pump track has the ability to be, you know, um, you can make pump tracks and local city parks, and you don't have to have all the other facilities that uh, a BMX racetrack has, which is a gate, electricity, um, the lights um, for both the gate and the facility. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you don't have to have. You can basically build a pump track in a city. And if you build it sustainably, it's just, it's like a jungle gym. It's just yeah. a part of the park. It's mm-hmm. just another... You don't have to police it. You don't you have know. to police it. It's just another aspect of the park mm-hmm. that's just there, as long as it's built correctly and it drains right and it's, you know, most yeah. of them are out of asphalt. So, um, I think the important thing is how do you take, how do you get kids, right? Because so, cities are doing this now. They're building pump tracks you know, in city centers, how does USA BMX take the kids that are going to the pump track on their $99 Walmart bike and how do they get those people to see BMX racing? Mm-hmm. Cause pump track leads to good BMX racing, right? Mm-hmm. Cause that's what we're doing. They're pumping mm-hmm. pretty much all damn track. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, how do they get those kids? How do they appease those kids or how do they get those over to the local track? How do they get them to become members? How do they get them involved in the, the racing dynamic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a that's a. But if I was at USA BMX, that's one of the things I'd be looking at. Yeah. No. Totally. Um, 
What, um, I'm flipping back over to mountain biking again. Mm-hmm. It seems like the industry is doing really good watching the World Cups and the sponsorship and we all read about the Aaron Gwynn. I mean, you're probably closer to it more than most. You know, yeah. they're making a million dollars, I think I read, a few he, times this year. He makes some good money. And I, I talked to Nigel Page that, you know, does the chain reaction and Sam Hill and everybody and he, he's just telling me the money just seems so good right now for them top dudes, right? It is. It's, it's, it's uh, well, I think, I think Aaron's kind of out there on his own. Mm-hmm. He's he's at a whole other level. Uh, he's making a lot of money. I remember talking with his parents. One of his first Fontana races, and I remember telling his parents, "Man, if he really turns in, out to being a we, nobody could have anticipated that he would have been as good." Did you know he was going to be that good? Because you obviously caught the probably the start of him, didn't you? I yeah. was there when he was when he raced his first race. Yeah. Right. Um, no, you can't predict that. Mm-hmm. I mean, this dude is, you know, when mm-hmm. he's on. Dude, he's lights out. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's just, it's it's rare that he has an on run and mm-hmm. doesn't win. Uh, you know, he's just a phenomenal rider. You you can't predict. It's the same thing with McGrath, right? You couldn't predict that McGrath was going to do what he did. Mm-hmm. You knew he was going to be good. Mm-hmm. You didn't know that he was going to be that good. Right, I understand. And uh, you know, but I remember talking to his parents and saying, you know, there's no American downhillers right now. Like, there's a void, and the industry is primarily American based. Mm-hmm. If Aaron is able to get good at World Cups, yeah, and that I was talking like top fives, right? If Aaron's able to get good at World Cups, you guys could pretty much write your own check because yeah. all these companies want an American, an American, mm-hmm. and uh, man, how we much were, did that come true? And we had that with <laughs> when when we bought Strombergs over, you know, for free agents after he won in Beijing in '09. You know, we went and met some agents and you know just kind of introducing to a few new people and. Everybody said, um, you know, he's, he's a great guy. He's nice, humble. Every you, you met him. He's a great right. guy. He's a good-looking dude. He's a machine. He is the machine. Correct. You know, the wins, but he's not American. Right. I think that always kind of maybe went down, went against them maybe a little bit, you know. Well, it shows, mm. you know, when you mm. take what what Maris was getting paid and where Connor's at. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's the proofs in that pudding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it's... The thing is, right now, man, it is. There's there's good money in it, right? Like there's the top writers are making really good money, mm-hmm. um, but I don't. It's it, I don't think it's that deep, right? And that's that's um. There's a big drop off then after a really so many big guys. drop off, and so you know I wish there wasn't such a big drop off so that some of these guys that were just you know that are really good writers that have the potential to be the next good guys mm-hmm. could get enough support so that they could keep developing, right? Um, you know, but, uh, it is what it is. It's, it is top heavy and it is, man. The sport is kind of getting back to its heyday. I mean, I know when I was doing that stuff in 2014, you could feel that it was on the rise and the crowds were good and everybody, I mean, the guys were heroes mm-hmm. and, um, you know, it did have a little bit of a dip there for a while, but, uh, I think, I think it's pretty impressive right now, man, the, the amount of money and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's, it's crazy cause sales are the the sales dynamic, you know, this speaks to the interbike thing. It's such a weird dynamic right now with uh, the direct to sales and then the, the dealer network and distributors and all that kind of stuff. And then you have, you know, like Chain Reaction, you know, Chain Reaction sells Shimano stuff. You can buy Shimano stuff cheaper. If you own a shop, you know, you're right on the same price point of if you buy Shimano stuff here. Or you buy Shimano stuff from Chain Reaction. Oh, wow. You know, because the costing and the way Shimano has their business structured, as I understand it, uh, you know, it's a different... Chain Reaction buys from a different group, mm-hmm. and then they sell online. 
and mm-hmm. and Shimano doesn't police it globally. Like they don't say, well, you can't ship to America. They're just like, it's a Whatever. different company. Yeah. And so really, it's just this crazy world right now of online shopping and yeah. online shipping, and um, you know, dealers were able to to police it, or I'm sorry, brands were able to police it with you know dealers not selling online and stuff. But now, I'm really curious to see. Who of the big four or five, you know, the Cannondales, the Specialized, uh, Santa Cruz, Giant, uh, those type of brands, Trek, where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Because at some point, I mean, right, they're all dabbling. They're all putting their big toe in the water of direct sales online. And, and oh, you know, yeah, if they buy it through a dealer, we'll ship it direct to them and assembly. And, and mm-hmm. all, nobody's just said, you know what? We're selling online. Right. And uh, I'm, it'll be really interesting to see which one of those big brands does it and how fast the everything changes. I guarantee you every one of those companies has everything in place. Mm-hmm. The whole infrastructure, the whole website, everything is all done. It's literally going to be a switch. Yeah, They're yeah. already done. They right. have to be. They're, they, knowing how organized those companies are and how dialed those companies are. All those systems are in place. Yeah, sign of the times as well. It's you know? just going to be a switch. And when mm-hmm. it happens, I would hate to be a uh, a bike shop owner. Mm-hmm. Um, because, wow, good one, Marley. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, I, I would hate to be in that position, stuck with a bunch of inventory in, in your shop. And, and uh, you know, I've told a few of my friends that are, that are bike shop owners, like, if I was you, I'd be calling every single one of these brands flying to their offices and becoming educated on their on their bicycles and mm-hmm. how you can be a certified service center. Mm-hmm. Because service is going to be a thing. People, Some people work on their bikes. A lot of people don't want to work on their bikes. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to work on my bike. No. Uh, but they'll they'll buy them online. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. If they're going to save $1,500, they're saving $1,500. they are online anyway, aren't they? Yeah. You know, see? It's like yeah, so. easy to... Uh, with the bike show, like we say we read the bike show's done. Do you think that's what? What do you see when you when you read that last night? Yeah, well, like I posted, man, I'm not. I, I wasn't surprised at all. I was really surprised when we were we were tearing down the booth and they said in Reno, in Reno mm-hmm. at the booth, yeah, and they made it like, yeah, great show, you know, everybody's clapping, right, and, put that, yeah. and then they're like, yeah, thanks for coming, we'll see you next year, September, blah blah blah, yeah. And I remember looking around thinking. Really? Next year, you don't <laughs> have dates. What are you talking about? Like this was. Yeah. How can you possibly say you're going to be back next year? I know they lost their ass. Right. So, um, uh, so when the announcement came out yesterday, I wasn't surprised, but I am bummed. Mm-hmm. Um, Reno was fun this year. I didn't go. No. I really enjoyed yeah. it. I like I liked Reno more than I liked Vegas. You did a lot of the outdoor demo stuff. I didn't do any of the outdoor demo, and I was looking forward. To doing that this year because I missed it last year. Right. I liked the show. Granted, it was smaller, so it seemed more relaxed. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, whenever we would go to Vegas, and I know Reno is Vegas light, but it's like uh, whenever you go to Vegas, it was just always like, "Ooh, crazy!" Yeah, just yeah. Party, and <laughs> it was almost like we're in Vegas. We have to act crazy. Mm-hmm. And um, I just didn't subscribe to that. I mean, I like going out and having beers with my friends, but. You know, we would always, I always called, call it, you know, staying on the reservation, man. It was like the hotel bar mm-hmm. and that's it. I don't get off the res. Right. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> once you go out those doors, man, yeah. then it's just all kinds of bad shit happens. Mm-hmm. So I always stay on the reservation. Stories. Yeah. 
And uh, so I just, uh, I really liked Reno for that. It just seemed way more relaxed. Mm -hmm. We went to nice relaxing dinners, not crazy dinners. And then we would just come back to the hotel and we would have a couple of drinks in the in the hotel bar and talk with a few friends. And if, you know, if a, a supplier or a, um, you know, a vendor comes through, you, know, you have a couple of drinks with them, but it was really relaxed. And I remember telling Mike uh, Miranda about it. I'm like, man, this was a really good show. I really enjoyed how relaxed it was. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I was bummed about that. And, you know, it sucks that we have to have an excuse to get together once a year, but the bike show was always a, a reunion. Yeah, no, so, well, it's good because you, all the, we'd be in the midst of our season. You guys are already probably just wrapped up your season, but right. uh, I was kind of shutting down the BMX a little bit and the Gold Cups, Grands and stuff, but it was always a big fun. Right. You know, you see all the mountain bike guys, you see, you know, the BMX and the mountain bike guys was always, you know. I'm going to miss that. Yeah, 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 and the freestyle guys would come in when they started doing Nora Cup and stuff, so it was a, right. the only time you got to see everybody, really, wasn't it? It is. I mean, I only, I, I would only see Robbie Morales once a year. Right. And it would be at the damn show. Yeah, yeah, circle bar. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so those are the things I'm going to miss most about mm -hmm. Interbike is, is seeing guys like Robbie once a year. It sucks we need an excuse, but mm -hmm. that's the reality. You know, Robbie's running his bike company. I'm doing my thing. Mm -hmm. We got life's happening. Mm -hmm. And so to not be able to give guys like him that big hug and yeah. ooh, to catch up, that I'm really going to miss that. I'm really, you know, I'm bummed that yeah. that part isn't going to, that's not going to be part of the dynamic. Do you think it was, because I already saw from that post last night, it was like, well, we'll see at these uh, regional type show. Do you think it will turn into regional shows and stuff or just a little... Uh, I can see that, but it won't be with that entity. That, right. that entity is, yeah, I, yeah. I, I highly doubt that they'll, that they'll come back. So I think, you know, there is already some regional shows. I don't know which one. There's one down in, uh, San Diego. They were saying in January, I think. Yeah. And I know there, I already know a few people that were going and then obviously I saw Muller's post that he's going to yeah, go on. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to go check that out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, me too. Yeah. yeah, yeah I was... see what that is. And mm -hmm. I could see that type of thing happening, but it's really timing, right? Like. You go to Interbike, man, and you're not showing anything new. Um, you know, you're behind on the scheduling just didn't work and it was expensive. You know, everything mm. new has already been shown at Eurobike or, or Instagram or Instagram yeah. or Sea Otter. I mean, mm -hmm. Sea Otter is, is... Yeah, of course, because you guys do that. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. That's... And so, you know, by the time you get to, by the time you get to um, Interbike, man, some of these shops are already, they've already, they're already getting mm -hmm. new product in mm -hmm. and uh it's just the timing was off and then the cost and so um yeah it just um it didn't evolve no and it didn't it didn't keep pace with what it needed to do and so it died do you remember the in the bike that they did in uh you was probably on gt at the same time the mid 90s the one they did in anaheim and gt and we all went oh, yeah. to gt and they did a big tour and yeah it was crazy I, mean, right? I wonder if it could ever well, again the industry's not really in socal anymore is it but mm, no i mean there's a few companies and stuff i mean out here there is but uh mm -hmm. you know it um i don't know man i you know i don't know the you know the, the a big problem for interbike was when uh, Specialize and, and CSG brands when they just started doing their own things, right? Like they they just realized for the amount of money we're spending, mm -hmm. why don't we fly all of our best dealers here yeah. and give them a personal experience? Mm -hmm. So I mean, I remember CSG. We would go to uh, Park City, and I was with GTM Mongoose, and we would damn near rent a hotel, the whole thing, right? And we take over the parking garage for our storage, and we had these huge tents erected. And with catering, and then we'd have daily rides, 
we just did our own thing. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the orders, the orders just got written there. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it was a way more personal experience and you have a way more, um, I think the key was you have a captive audience, right? So these key dealers come to your event mm-hmm. and they're not distracted by a meeting they may have with the specialized sales rep or the Trek sales rep or the other brand sales rep. Right. They're there to see you. Yeah, yeah. You brought them in. Yes. And you're whining and dining on them. Yeah, and focus 100%. Yeah. And then you pull the paper out. Yeah, yeah. And you start writing orders. Right, yeah. And uh, (laughs) that really, I mean, and it was a successful way to do it. I mean, it really, I don't want to say you held them hostage, but you definitely. Yeah, you already had them there, yeah. Yeah. Different times. I mean, we'd literally go to the bike show in the 90s to get a sponsor. I don't know. Do you ever ever, 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 ever get a deal there? Absolutely. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Shit, I got I got a job I got a job in 2014. Oh, you did? Oh. <laughs> so, That's good. Yeah, you know I, I uh, you know that was the year the specialized thing was, um, you know I, I did it for a year. I remember now, yeah, with Gwen and uh, the Australian kid. Yeah, you yeah. guys had a great year as well. We didn't did. You? Yeah, yeah. We, we had a you know a funny story. I can tell it now, but uh, you know we didn't we didn't um, myself and Kanipa we were trying to figure out he was a mechanic for for Troy. And we were trying to figure out what was going on with the with the program, and and I wasn't getting invited back uh, to be the team manager, and I didn't know that. I kept trying to find out, like, what's the future? What's going on? You know, what, mm-hmm. what's the offer? And they wouldn't. There was there was kind of radio silence, and um, you know, uh, we were walking last day uh, the night before. I, myself and Kenny were out having a couple of beers with Rob Warner, and he was asking me, "Dude, are you coming back? What's going on?" I said, "Rob, I don't know what's going on, man." Mm-hmm. They haven't told me anything. He goes, I, I don't understand that. You guys had a great year. I said, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. It's a, it's, I don't know. I don't have any words. Um, I'm just trying to find out. He's like, wow, I can't believe it, man. Can you imagine them not bringing you back? I'm like, it seems like it, but we'll see. And the next day we were walking the, doing course walk with Troy. And it was, I was walking with uh, Troy and Aaron was walking with uh, his coach, I believe. And uh, I remember talking with Troy. I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't, I don't know. You know. I don't have an offer to come back. I'm, I'm not sure. And he just flat out told me, he goes, dude, you're not coming back. Oh, wow. He's like, they're not, it's not, they're not going to rehire you, dude. They've already kind of made that decision. Wow. And I was like, holy shit, man. And so uh, I remember telling Rob, you know, Rob asked me, uh, race day. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, man, who do you think? What's going to happen? Oh man, I don't know, man. I, and today's going to be some good racing. And then I told him, I'm like, dude, you won't believe it, man. I found out yesterday I'm, I'm not going to get invited back. Mm-hmm. He goes, holy shit, dude. I can't believe it. That's big news, man. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, it is, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And so I told him, I said, hey, man. Yeah, give us a match. Why don't you go ahead and say something about that on the live feed? Right. And so if you go back and listen to it during Aaron's, Aaron Gwynn's run, mm-hmm. he actually says, yeah. You know, Aaron Gwen's looking to have a great run, send his team manager out on a on a good note. Right. Um and uh before he was finished with his run, I already had phone calls on my cell phone. He was still on course and I already had texts wow. from people in specialized, just furious. Right. Because I, I, I beat him to the punch. Yeah, yeah. And uh they tried forever to get me to admit that I told Rob Warner that. Right. Because that would have been saying that I was I was admitting that I didn't want to, I was getting out of my contract. Right. And they wouldn't have had to keep paying me. Right. <laughs> so I don't know where he found that right, out. Right. Yeah. Scoop. Yeah. But the, the reality scoop. was I needed a job. Mm-hmm. 
And the best, yeah, 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 the word out there. Yeah. The best way to get the, the word out there was during this live feed. Yeah. And I was going to Interbike. Mm hmm. Basically, yeah, a smart move. Yeah. yeah. So I went to Interbike and that was everybody saw it. Yeah, like, yeah, I got Dude. to sit and tell everybody the story. You yeah. know, they already know you're available. So I got a job. I got a job out of it. Mm. But uh, man. That was I, a bummer because I saw some of the, the, the videos and I, I you, you know, reference you a lot in, in BMX, how somebody like you could do so much because you know how to uh, you know form a rider professional but you know and I know you, you did a lot with that specialized group to keep it fun right when yeah. everyone's having fun everybody does good right you know? that was the yeah. focus you know well that was what I was when I was brought in by um, Jeff Rogers he brought me in and he actually told me he goes dude I, I could get I could get fired for bringing you in man because th this budget you know it was a farmed out program before mm -hmm. it was to uh, Heimdall and those guys and Jeff contacted me and said, we're going to move away from those guys. Um, you know, the atmosphere is just not what we want. And we keep getting reports that, you know, all they do is close the tent and they don't appeal to anyone. They won't talk to anybody. They just close it down. Right. He's like, so we want it opened up and your name was on a list of people that could maybe do the job. Yeah. Do you think you could bring the race team back, get results and have a good time? I'm like, dude, you're, yeah, you're like, yeah. that is me. Yeah, yeah, totally. I said, that's no problem. And, and Jeff told me, he goes, Here's the key, dude. You have to start winning at the beginning. You have it has to be when I get my um, budget review in the middle of the season. It's going to be right in the middle of the season. Mm -hmm. I know already that I'm going to be over budget. Yeah, because of what I'm doing. Right. But if we're winning, it doesn't matter. Yeah. It'll be okay. Yeah, yeah. And, and he uh, was. We were first and second overall in World Cup at yeah. that time. So we changed it around. I know Aaron and Troy and Mitch, all three of those guys. I know. I know for a fact. They didn't like some of the stuff that I did. I know they didn't. Um, I wasn't as organized as the previous group. Mm -hmm. and so there was a little bit of, uh, you know, freestyling, if you will, on some right. stuff. I know they didn't like that. I know I know that those three guys probably contributed to me not coming back. Oh, wow. Um, I know that for a fact, actually. But uh, um, you can't deny that the program got turned around. You can't Absolutely. deny that we had a yeah, good time. Yeah. And I was just looking in as a fan. I'm, and, I, and I was saying, Eric Carter first out of South Africa or wherever it was. Right. I'm like, man, he just totally gets it because, right. yeah, that's when you're having fun and right. everything's – you're just having just – right. the results just roll with it, don't they, you know? Right. And yeah. so whether whether those guys wanted to to realize that part of the fun was part of the success, I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, we had a good time, man. Um but we definitely, we definitely didn't fit the specialized way, man. It was so, dude. I, I went. I was a, I was a World Cup team manager of that program. I never got to see the race shop <laughs> at the specialized office. Really, never went. I never got. I, I went there a couple times. Mm -hmm. I was never invited or brought down to the race shop oh, wow. where our race program was ran out of. Huh. It was just a, a secluded place that I didn't have access to. Wow. And I was never like, hey. Yeah, which Check is, it out. I mean, imagine, imagine a team manager, imagine, uh, well, Chad Canals isn't Jimmy Johnson's anymore, but imagine Chad Canals not being able to see the race shop for Jimmy Johnson's yeah, race Yeah, it'd be cars. crazy, wouldn't it? Yeah, it'd yeah. Be, yeah. So it was just a, it was a crazy thing, but I loved it. Mm. We had a good time, man, and I really, I had a three-year plan for all the riders on the program, Mitch, Troy, and Aaron, and... We were right on pace to do what we needed to yeah, do. Yeah, right off the bat, you was winning. Yeah, yeah. and so it was, you know, it was world championship stuff for for both Troy and Aaron, and uh, World Cup titles, and uh, winning races, and um, you know, getting Mitch to ride up to his potential. You know, because Mitch is a 
phenomenally talented writer, but he just he can't get out of his own way from a success standpoint. So he struggles with harnessing his skill set into mm-hmm. single-minded focus. And so I was really hoping to, to work with Mitch to get him up to that level. Unfortunately, you know, we didn't, we just didn't see eye to eye and we really butted head, heads. You and Mitch? Oh yeah, really. Maybe it went back to that Fontana race, that four cross race. Was... Yeah. I'm, 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 sure there was, I'm sure there was some leftover animosity when I, just, right. I thought I killed the poor kid. Man. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I, I, you know, and I know Mitch thought that I had it out for him, but man, I was, I was really, really trying hard to, Mm-hmm. to keep him under my wing and try to, to yeah, show yeah. him the ropes. And, um, I, you know, I had a Jeff halfway through the year, he, he got removed from his marketing position. So I had a new manager, uh, Gavin Noble. He was the manager of the, the program. And he came to, he came to, to Fort William and we killed it. Troy won his first world cup there. Aaron was fourth. Um, Mitch had a poor race, but we were the number one team on the weekend. We were first and second in points. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, an amazing thing and the new marketing manager was there so everything hit all at once it was mm-hmm. great but uh, I remember Gavin coming into my room at Fort William we were getting ready to drive to the next race and Gavin said dude I gotta talk to you about the team and I was like great you know awesome we had a great weekend he's like yeah Aaron and Troy phenomenal I loved it he's like Mitch not so much I said yeah Mitch is struggling right now he's trying to find his way and figure it out and uh, he goes well you just what you need to do man is you need to pull Mitch aside and tell him if he doesn't get top 10 at the next World Cup that he's off the World Cup program. Oh, well, wow, that's not the way to do it. I said, uh, you yeah. had it. And yeah, I, t- yeah, yeah. I told him, I said, Gavin, yeah, yeah. you're on your mind, dude. You're going to fucking kill that kid. Yes. And he was like, what do you mean? You know, he's, he's got to produce. We're not a we're not a grassroots development team here at Specialized. I said, I get that. Mm-hmm. You expect a high level. But we've also committed to Mitch. He's on our team. Mm-hmm. We've committed to him. Mm-hmm. Let's give it everything and we, we have can, to. Yeah. We have, let's, just, let's just support him the best we can. Yeah. We'll get him to the next race. We'll try to, you know... Um, Lift him up, not knock him down. The last thing you want to do is tell somebody that. Right. He's going to completely... Right. But this was a guy who races triathlons, Mm -hmm. not downhill. Right, yeah, yeah. So he has no clue what kind of danger Mm -hmm. you would be putting Mitch Ropolato. And Mm -hmm. if you tell Mitch Ropolato, dude, you got to finish top 10 Mm -hmm. or you're off the World Cup program, that kid's will ride out of his mind mm-hmm. and kill himself. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Right. <laughs> and and uh, I just said, Gavin, I'm not going to say that no. to him. Dude, there's no way I can say that to him. We're going to support him the best we can at the next event. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't ride up to his capability or show an improvement, then the next race we can, you know, we're on a, the second leg of a two-week trip. Mm. If that doesn't work, if it doesn't work on the second leg, then we, we refocus, we try to repurpose him for our brand. Maybe he's a crankworks rider that is a multi-dynamic rider that does pump track and slalom and all those things. And downhill may not be his perfect fit because of the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, Find his niche. But yeah. I'm not going to tell him. No. Top 10 or you're off the team. Yeah, you're out of your mind. So wrong saying that. I didn't think of that. Yeah. You know? So I, and I know, you know, like I said, I know Mitch. Uh, he hated me when I was his team manager. He doesn't know these stories from behind the scenes. He doesn't know about the things like that happen. He thought I was just out to like just get him and get him and get him right maybe left over from that fontana it's gonna mm-hmm. be but i was trying my hardest to, to yeah. help him but you know a lot of times some of the you know some of the, especially in bmx some of the kids don't realize you know how invested you are in in in, in helping helping people then they realize later right you know right and so, uh so uh that's unfortunate yeah it was but uh yeah i had three-year plan at the specialized program but it's um you know that that got cut short and uh 
But it was actually for the better, man. I was forced to grow as a, as a person in the industry because I got out of my comfort zone, which was uh, the team manager of the event stuff. And then I took a job with Marin in sales. Mm-hmm. And that was an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. Uh, and uh, But I learned about sales. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's, it, was, uh, it was part of my education. and bringing Yeah, learning something new. Yeah, and it, it really it brought me full circle. So when I've, I, you know, I came back to Hyper, uh, not when I came back to Hyper, I had a, a much better sense of the business side of stuff because man i mean that's the reality like when you're a racer you and i both know mm. when you're a pro racer event you know effectively the everything's you're the sun mm-hmm. everything's spinning around you yes and then you get out from that yeah yeah it's, it's a and uncomfortable it's a, yeah it's a harsh reality to realize the business side of it and mm-hmm. why things are the way they are and why budgets get cut because bike sales didn't happen mm-hmm. and you know why a whole BMX team just got folded well, you know, like Redline. Right, yeah. And there's real business reasons behind that. Yes, and then all the things, yeah, I look back at now, like, okay, that's happened because of that, and maybe I shouldn't have said that. And <laughs> right. You, you see it from a whole different perspective, aren't right. you? Right, you know? and so I was, I was grateful that to get out from under that specialized thing and to, to see the sales side of stuff and understand distribution yeah. and understand the cost of doing things. It gives you a great appreciation for what we had. Holy moly. Mm-hmm. How good do we have? So with Specialized, would you put it on the same level as GT in the 90s or bigger? The program? Just, just the program and the professionalism. and. Yeah, that was a, they were, it was bigger than GT. Oh, that, wow. Even all, the GT with Doug and Steve Pete and everybody? Uh, different, right? Like um, the, the GT program that I was with was all time, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, one, one could argue those uh, that Doug Martin put together – Arguably the best team ever mm-hmm. from a World Cup standpoint. I mean, we killed it. We, did we kill it so bad? We helped put the damn company out of business because right, yeah, yeah. our contracts the way we were. We all had these multi-year contracts right. with, at the rollover. With the rollover, <laughs> and every one of us right. crushed it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but BMX uh, was going on a little yeah. less than you guys, but it's still pretty expensive and pretty successful All of, you know yeah, everybody at gt mm-hmm. won yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the perfect storm um but uh yeah it was different right like the team uh you know i think that the, the gt team that i was a part of and the teams that doug put together were better than the than the specialized teams even though like, the profession professionalism and and you know i mean you got car sponsors it um, was it yeah. was i would say it was on the same level you mm-hmm. know like uh, GT, we would get picked up, and we had we had clothing in in Europe. So like you know, we didn't we a lot of times we didn't have to bring clothes to different events because we had it on on our trucks, right? You know, things wow. like that. It was it was really high level stuff. Yeah. Well, the BMX was, and I knew the mountain biking was in a whole. We right. see you guys through. You go to GT, you guys are in the next room, but right. and and the rate the BMX was on a high level. Yeah. And, but we see you guys on an even yeah. even well, we high a, level. You had, know. Well, I mean, we had. Team trucks and in, in on multiple continents. We had a damn eighteen wheeler here. Mm. Um, you know, it was it was really big time. But I tell you, when you go to the specialized office, even though the I only got to see a fraction of it because I wasn't I didn't get all the Kool Aid drink, I guess. <laughs> but uh, it was um, it was insanely impressive. Mm-hmm. It, it it reminded me of a small scale of the Nike campus. You know, when when we were at GT, we were sponsored by Nike, so I got to tour the Nike campus and be a part of that. You Nike see, we program. didn't get to go there. You see, you guys did. Yeah, no, we <laughs> got to go there and with shoe development. Oh stuff. wow! Yeah, it was a yeah. big, it was a big thing, and um, Nike was. You you just are blown away when you. Well, see I remember, it. and I think I've I've said this in a previous podcast. Um, 
we had an allotment for, you know, I think it's $5,000 at, at super cheap prices for, and I know you guys had double or something, yeah. but it was still too much for us, what we got, you know, yeah. when we go to Nike town and stuff, you know? We, so what, what we would do is, uh, my in-laws lived in Vancouver at the time, Vancouver, Washington. So I would go up there and, uh, we would go up there for the holidays and we would go to the, the employee store. Right. Yeah. So I would use my store credit. Right. Get presents. Uh, I would, yeah. But I would <laughs> get it at the employee store. And the prices were like 60, 70% off. Mm-hmm. So my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know we, we, we ran, and for us, and I'm sure that it didn't include shoes. You got shoes anyway. Right. Like they just kept coming. Right. You know, I, still have, I still, right now, I have Nike gear that I still wear. Wow. I still have some dry fit stuff and I still right. have some windbreakers that I still wear from that time. Man. Wow. It, was, it was incredible. But specialized as a company, mm-hmm. when I went to, uh, when I got to see the office, those guys are, it's so impressive what they have and how they have it and the way their office is set up and the way their marketing is set up. And they, they have these inspiration walls where people just post things. And yeah, they could post, you know, maybe, you know, this has a picture of a, a, of a, um, a guy skydiving. And, and so somebody saw it and loved the picture because uh, the parachute, the colorways, you know, and so that gets stuck on the wall. And then there's another picture of a, a guy driving a race car. Mm-hmm. And so they have this inspiration wall. People just put pictures and things up and it's in a thorough way that people walk through so that everybody sees it because people may grab inspiration from it in certain ways. Yeah, so it's yeah, a true. real good from the, in the marketing side of things, it's a huge community center mm-hmm. and there's frames hanging up and everybody's drawing from each other. So, uh, but extremely organized company. Um, the offices were insane. Uh, the offices over in Europe and, you know, Benno, he, he was running the program over in Europe and, one of the best team managers ever, man, and he and he would show us their offices, dude. Every office, every specialized office that I went into was just blown away. Oh wow! Super, super, super detailed, super organized, super dialed, and it's no wonder they're as successful as they are because they yeah. are so dialed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, cool stuff. Yeah. What I wanted to ask you because we were talking about Red Bull TV and stuff with the mountain biking. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we we know BMX media is definitely uh, hurting. You know, or the lack of it, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's TV or people even watching TV. But obviously, Red Bull TVs help mountain biking a lot, would you say, right? It is a lot. I was yeah. reading the stats, or somebody posted the other day, it might have been Pink Bike, that the cross country had got more viewership than downhill. Did you see that? I did see that. I didn't, I didn't click on the thing, but I did see the headline on that. And uh, yeah, man, I mean, you know, Red Bull TV is... Yeah. Could that help BMX racing if they ever plugged into it or? Yeah. I mean, I'm surprised that Red Bull TV hasn't plugged in at least pro racing into it in some way, shape or form. Yeah. They have Red Bull athletes mm-hmm. and they need content. I know they're always trying to generate content. Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. You got Mariana Pajon and, and Joris and yeah. Yeah, a few different so guys. So I don't, I don't know why they haven't embraced that. Um, I could see them not wanting to, um, cover the blue springs missouri gold cup right right right. yeah <laughs> if they still do that i don't know no, no. but you know what i'm saying yeah not the pros at least yeah. yeah uh but i could see them um plugging in the pros and having pro events and having a live stream versus doing it on usa bmx this live stream mm-hmm. um and then what you what you're doing is now you're reaching a huge huge audience yeah. audience and um you know that is uh i i think Things like that are super important, right? Because when you're, when you're, when USA BMX is live streaming, I, I think it's great, man. I think it's cool that they're taking the initiative to try to do mm-hmm. something. Uh, but they're all talking to the same people. 
Right, yeah, yeah. You're just, it's just incestuous, right? Yes. It's all in the same, it's all in the same bubble. Mm-hmm. And so when you get to a rebel media or rebel media house Opens or anything, oh yeah. Well, yeah, people get to see it, you know? Mm-hmm. And now you create, um, I think a big thing right now, man, is, is BMX pros, um, they haven't created heroes for those guys, which is crazy because, you know, they have the Olympics and all that kind of stuff, but... Uh, it's it's weird, man. It seems like since it's gone into the Olympics and it's gotten to that, there's less lifestyle and less personality. Right. And so you you're like I gravitated. I I love Hollywood. Mike Miranda was my hero. Now he's my brother, basically. But that guy was my hero. Yeah, yeah. Because I knew his personality. Because he was Hollywood Mike Miranda. Yes. The magazines covered the pranks they covered the jokes Mm -hmm. they covered the time when uh mike won pro open in lubbock and we were in the airport airport in texas and all the kids that were at his gate on his flight he took us all over and bought us an ice cream right i remember you saying that showing that one before yeah and even when he came to england he came and did the kellogg's i mean people still talk about mike miranda and and, and if you watch the footage back he's on it a lot they did a lot of little little, funny little interviews and stuff with him because yeah he was just uh so we don't, but I don't ever see that in BMX. No. I don't ever see any time allotted or any coverage dedicated to that side of it. All I see is guys with these adjustable seat posts, mm-hmm. dudes sitting on rollers, super focused, mm-hmm. racing's done, here's the awards, cool, we're done. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And so what you're show, what, what, what we're showing is, or what BMX is showing is, when you're growing up, you need to be a robot to mm-hmm. be a successful pro, mm-hmm. and you need to not have a personality. Right. And so that's not that fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them do. They just don't. You don't get to see it. You know. Of course think, they do. People, know? people. People haven't changed, right? I mean, I think the pros are focused, and I think at the events the pros are focused, mm-hmm. but they're still people. They're still human. Yeah. Yeah. They right? still go out Sunday Evolution night. Evolution hasn't yeah, evolved yeah. so fast. Right. In the last 20 years. Right. That there's nobody has a sense of humor. Yeah. The robots are coming, but I think we're yeah, not quite yet. You know? <laughs> right. So, but the, the key is it's not covered anymore and it's not encouraged. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm. just trained out of yeah. the athletes mm-hmm. to not have a good time. Yeah. And I like, it's not fun. Yeah. I need to share the life the lifestyle. If I'm a kid growing up racing BMX and I'm and I'm thinking, this looks cool, man. I like racing, and then I start getting into it and I start looking at the, the pool magazine or even the the you know, like during the live cast, they they don't ever cut away and tell a story about the rider. Right. They just show the races. Yeah, yeah. Do a little bit of groundwork and go to the guy's house. Mm-hmm. Do a little bit of story with. Uh, Nick Long doing his thing and his tattoos or Connor doing whatever he does. I don't right. know what Connor does because mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Connor yeah, yeah, yeah. or Joris. Right. I know Joris goes to Paris sometimes and can speed jump and pedal the first jump better than anybody. Right. That's all I know. Right. Because <laughs> nobody told me any different because right. I don't see it anywhere. Yeah, yeah. So they could do so much more to create something behind the scenes of yeah. these kids. Stories, yeah. And they then really kids growing up. If I'm a kid growing up and I see what I see in BMX or I see the dirt jump kids mm-hmm. or I see mountain bike racing, mm-hmm. right? Cause it's all, it, there's crossover. Yeah, they see yeah. it. Mm. I mean, there's kids at the BMX races that ask me about all the guys in mountain bike stuff. Yes. So they, they're, they're aware of it. Mm. 
Dude, that mountain bike thing looks fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they see a lot of fun shit. There's a lot of fun videos that are out there. Mm. You see Bryceland and his crew. Mm. You see all these guys having fun on their bikes, doing ride trips. We should pay attention. Pay more attention. Oh, those are the people that, you know, right. I don't know who the media people are in BMX race anymore. But right. just look at different, you know, skateboarding, uh, freestyle, you know, like say mountain biking. There's just so much more of a lifestyle. You it know? is. It's, uh, and they've, and, but they've embraced it. Mm-hmm. They've embraced the lifestyle and they've used it as a marketing tool to grow the brands, to grow the riders as brands. Mm-hmm. And I don't see that. Yeah. Uh, I don't see that in BMX race. You've got two different agendas that, you know, you've got the industry side, people selling product, and then you've got the Olympic side and the Olympic side do not like right. getting thrown out there off their lane, you know, which is obviously training performance and, yeah. and medals. And that's what's kind of, we've been so... Uh, I think everybody, you know, been so obsessed with that. It, we've really lost that other side of it, you know. Well, because is... yeah, because they're chasing a dollar. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Well, they're chasing a uh, funding dollar. Yes, yes, which generates money for a lot of people. Right. So, so those are those are the, um, if you will, you, you could look at those as selfish initiatives, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to chase this dollar, mm-hmm. and I need my racehorse to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, that's no, true. But the industry... Right, yeah, yeah. Right? The, we need the companies and USA BMX and any other magazines or any other entities mm. could do more... And there's room for both. Uh, well, there's, there's not quite, but it would be, it could be at the point where, you know what, you're an Olympic guy, you focus on that, you, you get your national team money, you get your Olympic medals and stuff. But right. then there's also uh, this, 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 this turn to the left as well, where you can have a, and it's not quite there where you can have a career, you can be a magazine, you know, just all the right. stuff that I guess we did. Right. Uh, there's not those two paths. There's a little bit, you've got to do a little bit of both, which kind of gets right. foggy, you know? Right. So I think that's the, uh, there's just two good options, you know, a left and a right. And, Unfortunately, as we speak today, there's not, you know. Right. It's, well, they're definitely, definitely that. That's the the mm. biggest thing that I see. I don't know anything about these pro riders, man. Mm. Yeah, no, it's. Uh, but I knew all. I knew all kinds of stuff. I knew Pistol Pete drove a Porsche. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean. I I knew that. Uh, you know the BMX Action Wrecking Crew. They ate tacos when they went on their test things. Right. <laughs> I knew about all that stuff because yeah, yeah. they told me. Right. Yeah. They yeah. created. They created a culture. Yeah. I mean, it's when we came here, we wanted to go to Sheep Hills, we wanted to go to Eric Carter's backyard, we right. wanted to go to Cole Canyon, right. we wanted to go to Orange on Wednesday night, that's it. and that's before we even, you know. There was, was no internet. No, no. Just, How much easier would yeah, it be to tell people? We was longing for that. My helmet was on in the car right. on my first trip to Orange, you know, right. going down the 55. Um, Eric, we've talked, and we haven't even got into a lot of stuff more I want to talk to, so let's, uh, let's maybe knock this one on the head, and then uh, I'll come back up and we'll do another one, So I want to talk a bit more about... I know we've done two podcasts, but we still never got into your mountain bike career too much. So um, let's finish this one, and then I'll come back up Down another with point, it. and we'll talk uh, mountain biking. I think you're a great, great person to have on because y- y- you relate to a lot of stuff I'm trying to say. You right. know, just how you can do it all. You can be professional. You can make money. You can have fun. You can right. have longevity. And I think you're. Uh, right. I think you'd be an awesome coach as well. You probably don't want to be one, but. Yeah. You really would, you know, just yeah. the, the tactic side and the, um, yeah, I think you really have got the full package and I think you've got some good stories. Everybody could, uh, yeah. could well, at least in BMX race that may, not, might get a chance to hear this and learn something from, you know? Yeah, I appreciate it, Dale. Yeah, it's, it's been, a, um, I've been blessed to have a, to be involved in this, uh, this community, you know, this industry, uh, the cycling industry, and especially to be able to have done BMX the years that I did it and to see 
those growth years, and then it dwindled a little bit and see yeah. a little bit more background. Yeah, you've again. been both sides, huh? yeah. I've been on both yeah. sides of yeah. it. So, um, you know, uh, and it's the same with the mountain bike stuff. So uh, I've been blessed, man. You know, um, you know, it, uh, it does pain me. I know we're trying to knock this out, but it pains me a little bit to see the, the BMX side the way it is when I go to local tracks and see, you mm-hmm. know, and we talked about this. It was one thing I know we were going to talk about, but the co-factory program. All right, you know what? Let's press pause. I'm going to go to the bathroom and forget that coming back to Eric Carter's ass. We're going to do part two in a few minutes. All right, back in a second.